was much beyond her daily reach, and many a long November and October evening must be struggled through at Hartfield, before Christmas brought the next visit from Isabella and her husband, and their little children to fill the house and give her pleasant society again. Highbury, the large and populous village, almost amounting to a town to which Hartfield, in spite of its separate lawn, the shrubberies, and name, did really belong, afforded her no equals. The woodhouses were first in consequence there, all looked up to them. She had many acquaintance in the place, for her father was universally civil, but not one among them who could be accepted in lieu of Miss Taylor for even half a day. It was a melancholy change, and Emma could not but sigh over it, and wish for impossible things till her father awoke and made it necessary to be cheerful. His spirits required support. He was a nervous man, easily depressed, fond of everybody that he was used to, and hating to part with them, hating change of every kind. Matrimony as the origin of change was always disagreeable, and he was by no means yet reconciled to his own daughter's marrying, nor could ever speak of her but with compassion, though it had been entirely a match of affection, when he was now obliged to part with Miss Taylor too, and from his habits of gentle selfishness, and of being never able to suppose that other people could feel differently from himself, he was very much disposed to think Miss Taylor had done as sad a thing for herself as for them. And, and mixed thoroughly with other ingredients. Fill buttered custard cups, three-fourths full. Place layer of brown paper over bottom of shallow pan and fill with hot water. Put in custard cups and bake in moderate oven, 350 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes. Serve on hot platter, garnish with parsley. Delicious with buttered turnips and a green salad. Cherry upside down cake for dessert. Hearty soup dinner. Makes a hit on frosty fall days. Two large onions. Two three-fourths cups water. One can Franco-American spaghetti, three-fourths teaspoon salt, two cans Campbell's beef soup, Parmesan cheese. Slice onions and cook in boiling salted water for ten minutes. Chop Franco-American spaghetti a little and add with soup to onions. Bring to a boil and serve at once in soup plates with Parmesan cheese and crackers. Try large fruit salads or cupcakes with chocolate sauce for dessert. Oyster Casserole Deluxe Grand for Friday or any day. 2 tablespoons butter. 2 tablespoons flour. 3 fourths teaspoon salt. 1 eighth teaspoon pepper. 1 tablespoon chopped parsley. Half cup milk, about. 1 and a half dozen oysters. One can Franco-American spaghetti. Buttered breadcrumbs. Melt butter in saucepan and blend with flour and salt till smooth. Pour oyster liquor in cup and add milk to make three-fourths cup. Add gradually to flour mixture, stirring constantly till smooth and slightly thick. Add parsley. In a grease baking dish, place a layer of spaghetti, dot with oysters and cover with white sauce. Repeat. 
how she had devoted all her powers to amuse and attach her in health, and how nursed her through the various illnesses of childhood. A large debt of gratitude was owing here, but the intercourse of the last seven years, the equal footing and perfect unreserve which had soon followed Isabella's marriage, on their being left to each other, was yet a dearer, tenderer recollection. She had been a friend and companion such as few possessed, intelligent, well-informed, useful, gentle, knowing all the ways of the family, interested in all its concerns, and, peculiarly, interested in herself, in every pleasure, every scheme of hers, one to whom she could speak every thought as it arose, and who had such an affection for her as could never find fault. How was she to bear the change? It was true that her friend was only half a mile from them, but Emma was aware that great must be the difference between a Mrs. Weston only half a mile from them and a Miss Taylor in the house, and with all her advantages, natural and domestic, she was now in great danger of suffering from intellectual solitude. She dearly loved her father, but he was no companion for her. He could not meet her conversation, rational or playful. The evil of the actual disparity in their ages, and Mr. Woodhouse had not married early, was much increased by his constitution and habits, for having been a valetudinarian all his life, without activity of mind or body, he was a much older man in many ways than in years, and though everywhere beloved for the friendliness of his heart and his amiable temper, his talents could not have recommended him at any time. Her sister, though comparatively but little removed by matrimony, being settled in London, only sixteen miles off, 